Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, July 10th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, and we're here with Angela Day, president of An Independent Me, or AIM, a nonprofit organization down in Texas, and Dan Burns, author of Saving Ben and a host of other things, many other things. Dan, how are you related to AIM? I chair the Autism Trust USA, which is facilitating An Independent Me as our, as our pilot campus. It's part of a larger vision and a program. And it's our first step out into the community. So this is really hopeful. This is going to be a very hopeful conversation. And, Angela, I understand that AIM opened its doors just recently. Yes, about a month ago. And we've had wonderful success with the students. So what services have or have not previously been available in Texas in general? I know it's a big state, so you can specify Austin or Texas as a whole. Well, there are a lot of things that are missing in Texas. The first would be that we don't have a program in place for autism specifically uh, as far as places to live, and vocational programs. And so this is filling both of those holes. Okay. So you're saying that autism is distinct from other developmental disabilities, and then within autism, it's a spectrum. So how how do you address that? Well, we have students very high-functioning that are able to drive and take care of themselves on many levels, and we have very low functioning. And so, and we're able to address that by allowing the higher functioning to mentor the lower functioning as well as um, splitting them up into groups uh, based on their functioning level and and, uh, addressing their vocational needs individually. So how many individuals are you serving? Right now, it depends. Right now, we're in our summer program, so we're getting week-to-week campers, and so it varies. But this week in particular, we have nine campers, three that are daytime and four that are daytime and five that are at night. 
It's, is it catching on? Are more people hearing about AIM? Yes, it's um, very popular. We've had people from all over the country. We have people from Connecticut, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, um, Ohio. So it's it's really catching on around the country. Dan, you have an adult son with autism, Ben. What have been the challenges you've found with job placement in particular? Well, the, the, the challenge turned into an opportunity. Ben failed his job interview with DARS, which is the Department of Assistive and Rehabilitative Services, and was basically sent home and, and told we can't help you. But I went back to them and said, look, I, I think we can do better than this. And they said, yes, we can. Uh, we want to give him another chance. So uh, that led to an involvement uh, with DARS with with several of our campers, and our hope is that they will be uh, part of our program in the future and uh, and work with all of our campers and help them find jobs. Okay. You know, we, we, when, when, when we're talking in broad terms about, about the autism epidemic, which is, is as bad in Texas as it is anywhere, and these kids pouring out of high school and onto the streets. And um, I started meeting with parents about a year ago and, and saying, you know, what is it that you want for your, your kids, your teens and your young adults? And the answer was overwhelmingly more independence and especially more jobs. And that translates into a residential and vocational program that, that Angela has created as a, as a launching pad for these teens and young adults. So um, we talk about AIM and Independent Me as a summer camp uh, in the fall if we find enough Residents, it will turn into a full-time campus with a future as a um, as a place that that is educational as well as residential. So, so uh, I mean that that's that's when when you look at what's different about AIM from the other services available in Texas, there's a lot of overlap. But but if you put it together, uh, the ranch is is parent-driven. It's hands-on. It's interactive. It's job-focused. And we plan to partner with local businesses and colleges uh, to help our residents and campers find jobs. Okay. And earlier, Dan, you mentioned the Autism Trust. So what's the intersection there? Does the Autism Trust look for people like Angela who are already setting up programs? Well, the Autism Trust has a broad vision of a, of a campus that would include a clinic, wellness center, restaurant, uh, business enterprise, gift shop, uh, really a little village. And we, uh, I mean, I share that vision. I think it's a great idea. Uh, but what we found is that the, that the great need for immediate need is for uh, residential and vocational services. That's where the energy is coming from the parents. And so that's, that's really been our focus with AIM. That's why I say it's, it's parent-driven. And it, it's, it's part of the whole picture, bigger picture. So it takes a village to make a village. Well, and, right. Yeah. And Angela, what skill levels do the individuals need to display in order to participate in the camp? in the vocational training, and in the residential services. And Dan mentioned a lot of different things. Uh, what kind of facilities do you already have available? So there's a couple questions there. 
Okay, first, um, we take all skill levels, and if they're unable because of behaviors or whatever, we implement behavior management plans for those individuals so that we can get them job ready. And so it's not just for people who are already ready to go out and get a job. It's for people who want, you know, someday to be able to get a job. And so we have, uh, we're implementing, uh, we have behavior analysts out at our camp today working with one of our students um, on, you know, um, being able to work on a job without complaining is a good example. And, um, but, so that's her only, that's her only drawback in being able to get a job right now is that she complains about what she's doing. Um, but we have some students that are already ready to have job coaches and go out into the community. And we have students that, um, will possibly always need to have help so we're going to be developing micro-businesses for them on campus. Okay. Uh, you, 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 talk to, you ask about um, what facilities do we have now and what are we doing now. And I spent a week at the camp, the very first week they opened, and I brought back some, some memories, some images with me that I'd like to share with you. Um, really three, which is the picnic table, the, the garden, and uh, the gift shop or art gallery. And so those are three existing facilities, although some exist in, in nascent form. Uh, but, but to me, they all, have, they all speak to our values and, and to our goals. Uh, if I could talk about the, the picnic table, um, to me that's an image of teamwork because the, the, the young adult campers and teens built it oh. from planks. Uh, they, um, I mean, you picture two people sawing, two painting, uh, two putting in the screws, and you get you get an image of teamwork, which is something that doesn't always happen. Can be challenging for teens and young adults with autism, and yet they, there you have it. Uh, you know, somebody's holding the end of the tape measure, somebody else is measuring, somebody's holding the two by four, somebody else is sawing, propping up the planks, filling the paint can. And at the end, you put that picnic table under a tree, and you've got an image of teamwork and, and, and community. Um, and they're hungry. So um, if you take that image and you put a bunch of campers around the table and you load it up with barbecue and think about what happens when people work together and eat together, you've, you've got the beginnings of a community, social skills, friends, uh, and that's part of what's happening at, at our camp. If I'm an AIM camper, I'm not just one person locked in my own little world all the time. Uh, I've got responsibilities, I'm interdependent, and maybe by the end of the week I have a friend. Dan, that's a really beautiful description. I don't think I've ever ha heard it put any better. And you wanted to talk to us about a couple of other examples. I wanted, I wanted to talk about the garden because um, I went down there with a, with a hoe and a shovel in my in my SUV, and so, you know, week one, day one, hour one, we've got the kids. I call them kids because Ben is always my adult child, but these are these are teens and young adults. Uh, we've got the campers uh, hoeing and shoveling, 
they they mark off uh, uh, a, a shed size piece of the yard. Uh, they're pulling weeds. Uh, they, they, they go to Home Depot, buy seeds, come back, plot out where they're going to plant everything, plant it, and a week later, those seeds are sprouting. I mean, it's amazing. I was expecting a mess, but it, it turned out really nicely. Uh, so, so to me, that that garden is um, is an image of health and wellness and exercise, and those are values of our camp. Uh, so you've got you know food, your nutrition. It's good for the gut. It's good for the brain. And um, and it it suggests the um, the clinic that health and wellness clinic that is that is to come. So and and then beyond that, okay, we've got a garden. Uh, if you multiply that little plot out times twelve, twenty four, fifty, uh, and think of it as the seeds of horticulture, agriculture, biointensive city farming, uh, then you get an image of of what we would like this to be. Uh, an independent me is leased four and a half acres of, of farm of rural land. It's a ranch in the middle of what Forbes magazine calls one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. And that is Cedar Park, just northwest of Austin. It's it's booming. Uh, so you take this little gem of a garden and uh, and you you partner with Lost Creek Mushroom Farm, which we're doing. Uh, you start supplying farmers markets and restaurants. Uh, you're going to need volunteers to keep up with the aquaponics and hydroponics and biosystems. So, so that little, you know, shul ted, shul, tool shed size patch of a garden is, is the seed of a big dream. And that's the micro enterprise. Well, it sounds like a lovely place to be. I'd like to be there, but you should never hand me a saw. And we will talk more about this. When we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Dan Burns and Angela Day talking about an independent me, thank you to this program's sponsors, Superberries and OxyHealth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Angela Day, president of An Independent Me, and Dan Burns, author of Saving Ben, and at the helm of the Autism Trust USA down in Texas. The website for uh, AIM and Independent Me is www.livingwithmeaning.org, and I believe that the website for Dan Burns' book is savingbenbook.com. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, and before the break, you were talking about the wonderful things that are the aim of AIM, and you were just gave this beautiful example of the teamwork needed to put together a picnic table and then the gardens on which you could eat the food at that picnic table. And you wanted to share with us about uh, the gift shop and also the, artwork. The, the third image I bring back is, is um, this artwork stacked on a table at the grand opening. Uh, because we have many, many talented campers, and uh, we had a silent auction of the artwork. Well, that, that becomes our gift shop and art gallery for art, for sculpture and pottery. And, um, and to me, it, it, it also symbolizes a value because it's a symbol of the value of each individual. And you, you think about a gift shop. You know, each of our campers is a gift, and each of those campers can, can give a gift and be a gift. So it's a way of giving back to the community. Not not all are not all are artists. Some are are, are musicians. Some are leaders. Uh, Ben's greatest talent, I think, is a smile. But you know, if we if we invest in those campers and we nurture those campers, then their talents multiply. So uh, the gift shop is a, is another piece of the of the micro enterprise uh, component of the camp. Well, you know what. Uh... Dan, next year Autism One is going to be at the Intercontinental in Rosemont, um, closer to the airport this time, so no shuttle fees, no taxi fees, free shuttle. Um, but it has an art scene, and it's breathtaking, and it would be lovely to have some of your campers and residents be able to display and sell their artwork there. That would be great. Angela's son is an artist. Yeah. Angela, why don't you tell us about just, right now the art component and how, what that's meant to your kids' lives? Well, it has um, meant everything to my son. He, When he was six, he couldn't even hold a crayon. But, it's, you know, we worked with him and worked with him, and um, at, some po- at some point he couldn't put the crayon down. And so we've had artists working with him throughout the years to help him improve his artwork. And he just um, lives for it. And I found that that is true with a lot of our kids. Even if they're not interested in drawing or painting, they're interested in... uh, We have one camper who loves to write and to illustrate. And another camper loves to sew. And it's just seeing their passion for for the arts is just really fulfilling. And we have art art teachers that come in and writing teachers that come in every week and work with the campers. 
How do you fund this? How do residents get funded to get there, to continue there? How are you funding your uh, behavior management consultant and these people who are coming in and helping them with art? Well, there are three three ways. We can do private pay where the parents are contributing, and then we do foster care where we take in uh, as become foster parents, and we can take HCS and different types of um, Medicaid waivers, and then of course donations. Donations are really key to keeping the program running. We also have a lot of volunteers that help out at camp, and so that deferred a lot of the cost. Okay, Dan was talking about working with DARS. Does that have anything to do with funding? Well, that's part of our long-term financial model. What what we'd like to do is to get the uh, enterprise income up and the private pay component down. And our target is 33% private pay, 33% Medicaid, Medicare, federal funding, and then 33% uh, enterprise income and, and self-employment and jobs. So we're, we've shared this idea with DARS. Uh, it's 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 a long process, but we we see ourselves becoming uh, becoming uh, a partner with DARS to offer certification and along with the, with the area colleges in, in various uh, various technologies uh, and uh, launch businesses and then find jobs for our kids, which. Uh, contribute up to a third of the the cost of their residence. I have in the past heard real horror stories coming out of Texas, and Angela, you've mentioned you mentioned something about behavior management earlier in the program. What do you mean by behavior management? What is or is not part of behavior management at AIM? Well, one thing that is definitely not. Part of behavior management is any kind of restraint. We are very much against that, um, and we we um, do not do that. Uh, we bring in certified BCBAs that come in and develop functional behavior plans that we implement, and they work with us to make sure we implement those correctly. And those include. Um, you know, determining what is causing the behavior so that we can establish a plan of action. So if the behavior is to get out of work, we make sure that they the behavior does not get them out of work. If their behavior is to get something, we make sure that if they're doing the negative behavior that they don't get what they're ask you know, what they're want asking for, you know. So it's very uh, much uh, a scientific, scientifically based behavior management plan. Do you have residents who exhibit behavior because behaviors because they are medically ill? Um. Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example. Okay. If I, if I have a headache. I might act angry. If I have a stomach ache, I might act out of sorts. That's right. what I mean by medically ill. I'm not talking about a psych diagnosis. I'm talking about someone has chronic gut pathology and their, their, their esophagus hurts, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
we have uh, we have uh, we implement GFCF diets for those who do have gut issues. Um, we we are always very careful to make sure, and the behavior analysts are always very careful to make sure and rule out any kind of medical issue before we implement a behavior management plan. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I never found antecedent behavior consequence to be a really humane pathway for a child who is in, you know, heinous uh, gut pain. So that's wonderful. Can you tell us about your own situation, Angela? You helped your own now adult kids with that great combination of educational behavioral therapy, special diet, and biomedical intervention. Yes. Um, My son was nonverbal until he was four and a half, and uh, we started implementing biomedical intervention, diet, and applied behavioral analysis when he was four and a half. And within three and a half months, he had language. He had 123 words in his vocabulary and numerous pre-K skills. Uh, We did that through uh, by taking him out of the public schools and implementing the program ourselves. Yeah. uh, As it just was not offered in Texas. And this was in the 90s, so biomedical was in its infancy. Yeah, you were really avant-garde. Yeah, and so it was very effective for my son. He was very violent when he was younger uh, until he became verbal, and uh, we really um, we knew that if we did not get the behaviors under control that he would be institutionalized before he was an adult. And so we really worked hard to make sure that that he was able to function um, in a regular environment. And he um, has been in public school since he was seven and um, doing very well. Now he has it in the school system. They have a really good vocational program um, during the school year. And so he has been working at ATB and... Um, uh, Michaels and places like that with a job coach. But we found this summer that we were able to extend that and uh, he's able to function even higher uh, with less intervention. Well, you personally have done a really great job and I'm very encouraged to hear that you're offering gluten-free, casein-free at AIM. And Dan, you work on so much. What other projects are you working on? Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's an IACC conference today in D.C. that uh, that I would like to be at, but I'll watch the tape. What's IACC? Uh, the uh, Autism Coordinating Committee. Uh, okay. and, but here, let, me, let me draw that back into the AIM camp because there is a piece of this that I'm glad you asked that question because I, I, I wanted to talk about it and hadn't thought of it. What about public funding for our kids? Uh, I talked to, to Ruth Sullivan, uh, who was instrumental in getting the IDEA Act passed. It's why our kids can, can go to high school and have the support that they need. She's in her 90s, and I asked her, Ruth, what would you do if you had another 30 years to work? And she said, I would, I would make uh, residential funding 
adult residential funding and entitlement, not a stand-in-line, wait-in-line Medicaid program like it is now. I would make it an entitlement like Social Security. I would work to do that. Good point. And, and I thought, that's a great idea, Ruth. And she said, yes, you do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I've, I've, that's, that's on the agenda. Uh, you know, we, we just have a governor in Texas who has said he will turn down the, uh, send the Medicaid check back to Washington. He's not going to accept the uh, increase in Medicaid. He's going to turn down billions of dollars because he doesn't like uh, Obamacare. But uh, what we're looking at is a, a piece of the Affordable Care Act called the Class Act, which is an old idea that's been revamped and uh, provides long-term support for adults at a, at a uh, level at about double what the previous did. It's unfunded. Uh, it's it's the law, but it's not being implemented because it's not being funded, and we have to find some funding for it. So that is going to be my uh, one of my objectives. Let's get let's get the class act funded, and let's get long term residential support for our adult children as an entitlement. Okay, definitely that that definitely sounds like the priority. Yeah. Well, Dan, are there any other projects you'd like to mention before we close? Well. Uh, there, there, there are probably there are probably too many to mention, but I, I wanted to put together um, some things that that I think have come out of this conversation, and that that I I want to leave as takeaways for for my vision of the the AIM camp and independent me, and, and that is uh, work, wellness, and wisdom, because we're focused on all three. The, the work component we've talked about a lot, wellness. Uh, that's the clinical component. Uh, we have another team from the Autism Trust USA that's working on that, and uh, that's, that's kind of in the background. I can't say too much about it, but if I mention the names, uh, you would you would recognize them and probably snap to attention. Uh, they're uh, they're they're working on getting uh, a clinic established that would support our camp and others. Uh, and then then wisdom in in the fall, uh, as I say, we, we plan to convert from a camp to a campus, uh, we want to associate with local campuses, uh, already existence, Austin Community College, Southwestern University, Texas State University, and get some certifications, some certifications for our kids. Um, be, beyond that, I think of what we're doing as a pilot program that, that would be replicable. Uh-huh. Um, we're beginning as, as an association of communities that I work with that exchange ideas and share resources. Uh, and we plan to support development of multiple independent programs around the country. So that's why I'm going to Arizona and Connecticut and probably Mississippi uh, to get campuses like this started in other states. Okay. Very good. And Ruth, do you have any closing remarks you'd like to make, take-home messages? I'm sorry, Angela? Oh, <laughs> I was thinking of Ruth Sullivan. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, just that the program is blooming, and we still do have openings um, for campers that are interested in furthering their vocational talents, and um, we're just very excited, very excited at the progress we've made in just simply one month. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Dan, I did also want to follow up and ask, are, can college students from those surrounding universities that you've mentioned get work-study credits or internships at AIM? That's a great idea. Yeah, that goes on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone who would like to contact Dan Burns and help work on the list, Dan, how can people contact AIM? How can they contact you and Angela and help out? Uh, the Autism Trust USA.org has a, a, a mailing address, but that's probably not the best one because I'm not sure that's monitored closely. Um, you know, if, if, if you really, if you, if you want to make take action now, like this week, this month, you should probably call Angela. <laughs> Angela, I hope I didn't put you on the spot there. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, you can call me at five one two six five six six three. Six four. Okay, so that was five one two six five six six three six four. And if I were listening, which I am, uh, I would be calling five one two six five six six three six four to find out more about this wonderful opportunity for uh, my adult child. Angel, what what's the age range? Uh, well, for the summer camp for day campers. They can be 16 and above for residents, 18 and above. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to talk today. Again, the website is www.livingwithmeaning.org, and we hope that you'll contact Dan and Angela to help out, and best wishes on uh, your current and future projects to both of you. Thank you so much. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness channel and our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. See you next week here at the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. 